0: All warmed up, didn't I? And now I'm going to have you be seated for a moment. Oh, the band's on strike. That's nice. Band just up and leaves. Because we don't want to go any further before we talk about those three words why we sing. Have you ever asked yourself why? If you're a two-year-old, you have. You've asked why a million times. Or a three-year-old. Or in some case, four-year-olds. Really, the, we, the, the word why never leaves our vocabulary, or we don't discover the world around us, and we don't invent new things, like really important things, like Facebook and stuff like that. Right? Right. So we, 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 we want the answer to Why? And have you ever come to church and you just kind of go through the motions and you never ask yourself why? Well, today we want to dig into the Bible and discover why we sing. Why do we gather, when we gather, why do we sing? There's a reason. And we're going to take a look at what the Bible says in the Old Testament and the New Testament about why we sing and what's the importance of singing and what role does it have. So the first thing I want to do is establish... That um, the word worship and music often get tangled like this in church. Somewhere along the line of history, we have decided that when we say worship, we mean music. And I understand what you mean if you come up to the band or me or whatever and you say the worship was great today, and we say thanks. That's I, I'm so glad you were encouraged by it. But we've just we taken this word worship and we put it to music, and that's not the exclusivity of worship. Um, because the Bible tells us many ways that we can and should worship God, and all of our lives really should be worshipped. But I just want you to know today, let's separate music, and today we're going to talk about singing and music, but understanding that it is a por- portion of worship, but it is not the worship time when we come and gather. Oh, ready? This is how Sarah and I are going to...
1: My turn. Woo! <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Good? Good. Good. So Joel kind of mentioned worship. We associate it with music. We kind of say, okay, so after worship, someone will pray, and then the message comes. Or after worship, something will happen, and then we'll do offering. And we, we kind of limit it just to that small little bit of time we have on Sunday mornings when we're singing to God. And we're, we're limiting The fact that worship is an everyday, all-occurring thing. It's something that we're called to do in all aspects of our life. A definition of worship that I love is worship is our response to who God is and to what he's done. That response looks like a lot of different things. It doesn't just mean what we do here Sunday mornings. It can be how we live our lives. Worship is how we give back to God, how we let him know that we are so in awe of who he is and we are so in love with him that we want to give him everything. It is how we respond to him with all we have every day of the week, not just Sunday. So where do we get the whole idea of singing songs for church, in church? That's just become such a regular part of a church service that it's hard for us to understand where that came from. Well, we get it from the Bible, which is good. The Old Testament is full of parts where it talks about people singing singing to God and praising God through music. A specific example is Psalm 92, verses 1 through 3. It says, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For those of you who don't know, a lyre is like a mini-harp. I didn't know what that was until I Googled it. So if someone says, I didn't tell you what a lyre was, they're a liar.
0: Uh, They're a liar. They can Google it. There it it is.
1: (laughs) They can Google it.
0: No, oh, no, I'm still in. Okay, okay, sorry.
1: So this is just one of the reasons that we worship God. We see it in the Bible. We see it in the Old Testament that people came and they worship God together and they worship God joyfully. And these are the, the passages we kind of take out of it. Not specifically that the only instrument you can use has to be the lyre or the harp. There might be some people who might think that, but that's not what we Actually, at Life Point, we really believe that God enjoys the guitar. Yes. As a, it's his favorite. It's really one of his favorite instruments. So that's why we, we tend to make that a priority in our, our music Amen. through worship. So that's really what we get out of the verses. The main message that we get is that God wants our worship to be wholehearted, and he wants it to be a corporate thing. He wants it to be us together coming to worship him. The Psalms also gives us a lot of reasons why we worship God, who God is. Why do we worship this God every Sunday morning? Why do we come together and sing to him through music? In Psalm 146, verses 5 through 7, we get just a couple examples of, of who this God is in our lives. God is the maker of heaven and earth and sea and everything in and on them. God is forever faithful. God defends those who are wronged. He feeds the hungry. He sets prisoners free. These are just several examples listed in this one psalm of all the things that God is. And when we come together and we sing, we sing of what God is, we're reminding ourselves and we're reminding each other of who this great God is that we serve every morning. And that's, that's part of why we gather together is so we can remember because we forget, unfortunately. We forget how amazing this God we have is. So we come together and we sing of who he is and all that he's done in our lives.
0: Do that again. I wasn't quick enough the first time. I wasn't ready. Now I'm ready. So the Old Testament kind of lays the foundation. Sing, make music, get your lyre out, rock that lyre. And then we move on to the New Testament. The New Testament is part of the Bible when we have the Gospels, when Jesus comes and then, then, then the, the, uh, the disciples wrote about him and wrote about their interaction with him and wrote about his ministry. And then the church starts And the church starts after that in the New Testament. And Jesus, when he goes, says, the church is my bride. And the church isn't just a building. It's not just a place. It's you and I. And it's us. It's we. It's us as a group, as a community. And so we want to look at what the New Testament also has to say about us singing. Paul was an apostle who started many churches. And he would write these churches letters. And he would write them some instructions on what to do when you gather And so here we are 2,000 years later, and we're still following these these directions from Paul. In 1 Corinthians um, 14, 26, he gives specific instructions on what to do when we gather and how to use our gifts to strengthen one another. And here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. This is the New Life version. We like what this says. What am I saying, Christian brothers? When you meet together for worship, some of you have a song to sing. Some of you want to teach, and some have special words from God. Some of you speak in special sounds, and some of you tell, them, or tell what they mean. Everything should be done to help those who are meeting together to grow as strong Christians. Let's just focus on that last line again. Leave it up there for just a second. Everything should be done to help those who are meeting together grow strong as Christians. Now, that immediately puts a new spin for some of us on church. Because so many times we come, and I'm guilty of this. Have you ever done this? This, is, this might be a conversation you have either in your mind or out loud with your family or at lunch, and you say, I didn't, I didn't really get anything out of that. I went to church today, and I just, I didn't feel it. I wasn't feeling it. Were you feeling it? No, Joel was flat, and his guitar was out of tune, and then, um, uh, I stubbed my toe and that ruined my day and it was it was terrible it 's just terrible it 's terrible so some of you have some of you you know, whether or not you've said that out loud or thought that I am guilty of, of, of thinking that sometimes I come to church i didn 't get out of it but but Paul is saying here everything that we do at church should be done to build one another up now that immediately puts our perspective in a different place doesn 't it it goes from this, it's all about me and God when I come to church, me and God, me and God, to it's all about this and this. It, 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 makes, our, it makes the vertical become this, this great circle of worship as it goes up. Because everything we do is to encourage one another. Everything we do is to build each other up and grow us strong as Christians. And we need that as a body. So I want to challenge you today. If, if that's how you come to church on a normal basis, you know, maybe, maybe you're just getting into church, and it really does need to be about this, but you'll get so much more out of it when you allow it to become this. And some of you sitting in these seats, you need to receive today. There's something you need to receive, a word from someone else, a, a handshake, a smile, a hug, an encouraging word. And some of us, we have a lot to give, and we're sitting on it. We're sitting on it. We're sitting on these, these, this joy and this passion and this um, faithfulness of God that we can share with someone else. And so I want to j- just challenge your, 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 your perspective today and, and, and know that, that the outward circle is really important. Here's another verse in Ephesians that kind of tags along on that. Ephesians 5.19 says, to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. And then Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish or lift one another up with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So that's, that's why we're here. That's why, what we're here to do. And that's why we sing. Because your singing can really unify and lift someone up. I just I want to ask you one question before I tap out. Have you ever seen someone just abandoned in their worship? Like physically, they take on a different posture. Maybe they're raising their hands. Maybe they're just clapping. The countenance on their face is just you. Just know they're they're in this zone of worship. Or maybe the song there's a line of a song or something God is just speaking to their hearts as they're lifting their praise to God and they and they start to cry. And have you ever been encouraged by that? Maybe you're not there. Maybe you're not at the point where you can do that, but you are so encouraged by that. That, again, when we demonstrate our worship through singing and we sing with all our hearts, we are affecting those around us. So the second challenge I want to, 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 to throw out there today is the hurdles that some of you have a hard time getting over. Some of you, maybe you're real new and you don't know these songs and you're just having the hurdle of singing. You're just trying to get over that hurdle first. And I understand, too, I've had, I had someone tell me, um, hey, Joel, if I'm not clapping, please know I, I love the music. I just can't sing and clap at the same time. <laughs> okay? Hands are going up out there. That's me. That's, that's okay. Pick one or the other. But participate in some way. And if you have that hurdle of singing, I hope you'll sing today. And if your hurdle is, man, I was always taught, it's just not cool to raise your, I mean, it's not okay to raise your hands. It's not, not cool. It's just not okay. You don't demonstrate in that way. Maybe that's your hurdle. Or maybe your hurdle is, is um, having some form of expression that you feel God is calling to you to, but what you know, you just keep hitting that fence. You keep hitting that fence of what you've been taught and what you know. Just encourage you today. We're going to sing a lot today, and I want you to try to jump that hurdle.
1: So, worshiping as a community, I love the bell, Joel, thank you, because we wouldn't have known whose turn it was without the (laughs) bell. So, worshiping as a community is a unique thing that we get to do. It allows us to come together and do something greater than just in ourselves. When we come together to worship God, there's power in that. When we sing together, it unifies our hearts and shines the light of Christ to those who don't know him. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there also. There's just power when we come together in the name of God, when we come together as his children and we lift his name up. He says it over and over again in scripture and it's, it's all of this we language and us and it's, it's us together coming to bring him praise. So in a world that is constantly telling us lies about everything we see, the world's constantly lying to us, we come together as a church and we proclaim to ourselves and each other and to God why we're here, why we've gathered together. And there's power in that. There's power in, in being able to come and be a church and be God's people together. Christ said in John 13, 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's our calling card as Christians. We yeah. love one another, and we start by loving each other here at church with each other. We love each other. So let's stand and sing in unity today. The band's going to come up, and as they come up, I just want to encourage you to encourage each other with the way we sing. We're going to lift our voices to God and praise for what he's done, and we're going to recognize our need for mercy and grace and love and truth all from God, and we're going to recognize it at the foot of his cross together. So stand and sing with us today.
0: Yeah, you are now, because now you know why. See, why is so important. All right, let's lift him up this morning. Encourage one another with our words. Here we go.
2: You have a hope. You have a future. You have a destiny that is yet awaiting you, and your life is not over. A new beginning has just begun. You have a hope. You have this hope. God has a plan, and it is not to harm you, but it is to prosper you and to hear you when you call. He intercedes for you working all things for your good. Though trials may come, you have this hope. See, your God is for you. He's not against you. So ask yourself, whom then? Whom then shall you fear? He has prepared for you great works. He will help you to complete. You have a hope. You have this hope. And goodness and mercy They're gonna follow you and you will forever dwell in the house of your great king. And no eye has ever seen all that he's preparing there for you. Though trials may come, you have this hope. And there is still hope for you today because the God of heaven loves you. And in case you didn't hear me the first time, Uh there is still hope for you today because the God of heaven loves you.
0: You are in this place and you are our God of hope and you are our God of peace and you are a God of comfort You are a God of joy and you are in this place receiving the joy of your people And God for those of us who need that message this morning that there is hope in you That there is, is, is peace in you There is all of these wonderful life-giving things in you God we, we, we sing in order to praise your name and lift each other up There's still hope for us today still hope I thank you God thank you for being in this place receive the praises of your people as we lift up your name in your name amen you can be seated for a moment
3: well now's the time in the service when we continue this worship together to celebrate this hope that we have and to just continue kicking that clock over, and, and we celebrate that through communion. And so the ushers are going to come forward. They're going to pass the baskets. But if you're new here, if you're just checking this God thing out, you can feel free to just let that basket pass. This is a time for those of us who follow Christ, for Christ followers, to remember and to celebrate the sacrifice that Christ made for us and the life that comes from that. You know, everything that we do in Christ's church, and hopefully here at life Point. Should be based on the words of this book should be based on what god's story says to us should be based on what his spirit leads us to in this book and it starts off telling us about a god who created us but he didn't just create us and then just leave us alone all by ourselves he created us and he stayed with us he created us to be in this relationship with him with each other he created us to just be in community to be in togetherness the same kind of togetherness that we're celebrating today the reason that we're singing so that we can all know and celebrate the fact that we love God. Of course, we ran away from him with our own sinful nature, with our own mistakes, our own selfishness. We turned our back on God and we ran away. And if you look at this book, the first two thirds of it, all of this right here is a story of God trying to redeem us, God pouring back into us, God seeking after us, God preparing a way to enter this world, to die in our place. And if you know the story, then you would know that that entry into the world of God as a man is known as Jesus Christ. He came, he lived his life, he showed us how to live, and he died in our place so that we didn't have to. More importantly, he raised the life so that we could have life. And that same life is available to every single person in this room. That same life that has changed my life is available to you today. But right before he entered that that time of crucifixion, right before he entered the persecution and the cross and all those things, he did this very peculiar thing. He gathered together his friends. He gathered together his disciples. He brought them to this room, and he said, guys, we're going to have dinner together. And, and this is going to be the last meal you ever have with me. And we're doing this because we are one body. We are united, and we're going to join together and celebrate. And so in your hand, you have a little cup of juice and a little wafer of bread. I encourage you to peel back that top layer, the clear layer And pull out the piece of bread and just hold on to it for a second. What you're holding in your hand is just a piece of bread. But what it represents is something very significant. And that's Christ's body broken for you. It says this in Matthew 26, 26. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. If you want to celebrate together as one body, proclaiming to everyone around you, encouraging and edifying the people around you, just like we are with our words and worship, if you want to tell them, you know what, my life is not my own. My life has been bought, and it is new, and Christ owns me, and I want to declare that to the people around me, and I want them to know it, and I want to know it, and I want all our church to know it, then you take that with me now in celebration. And if you would, peel back that second layer. Underneath there, you're going to find some juice. It's just juice. But this is what Matthew tells us that it represents in verse 27. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And if you want to celebrate together again as one body, encouraging the people around you that we are not dead, but we are alive. We have a hope that we can sing about. If you want to encourage everybody and yourself, then take that with me now. what I love about this passage of scripture and about us today is that verse 30, as they're preparing to leave, as they're preparing to go out to the Mount of Olives, which is not a great place if you read about in the, in the history of, of Jesus, that's where he is betrayed and, and led off to the cross. As they're heading out the door, they stop and they do something. Just like we're heading out the door um, after this service and we're going to go into God's kingdom and we, we should be facing persecution for what we believe in. We should be declaring his word to other people and what it says is it says in verse 30 when they as Sarah said they together as one body had sung a hymn they went out and so that worship time we're going to continue to do that we're going to continue to lift him up with our words in song
0: can be seated for just a moment. I want to read to you a verse from a book called Zephaniah. And this is in the Old Testament. And I I, I, this verse comes from, it's a short book, three chapters, and this comes from the end of the third chapter. Zephaniah 3, 17 says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Read that last line again. He will rejoice over you with singing. Isn't that cool? We're singing to God, and He's singing right back to us because He loves us. He wants us to know He is our Savior. He is mighty to save. I want to do something as we close this time of our service. I want to sing over you. I want to sing a song to you and over you as a benediction that you can Take with you and know that God is with you as you go. He's not just in this place when we meet. And so I just want you to close your eyes. And without looking around, I just want you to soak up the words that God is singing over you.
4: of t-